Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Susan Beecham. Susan, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Susan is the CEO of Money Savvy Generation, and she is an expert in kids and young adult financial literacy. I'm excited to have you on. Susan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I have been reaching and teaching our youngest children about money for a little over 20 years now. And I did that because I kind of gave up on adults. Adults, (laughs) (laughs) I had done adults. I had done adults. I had worked with adults for 18 years. And I was always trying to correct habits rather than introduce money habits and adults are much slower in their acceptance than children and what I discovered 20 years ago is that our very youngest children are not only capable of understanding sophisticated concepts like investing but they're the most open and because they are young they're the key to financial literacy success Because if we start in pre-kindergarten teaching kids about the choices they have for money, how to set those choices, how to set goals for those choices, they start practicing those concepts and they practice them throughout their life. So by the time we get to them in middle school and high school with financial education programs, we would have so much more acceptance and success because this would not be the first time kids were hearing about it. We would not be changing habits. We would have molded those habits appropriately so starting at a very young age. So that's what I do. I left corporate America. I walked into a first grade classroom because my two daughters, who are 28 and 26 right now, they were in first grade and pre-kindergarten, and they were learning Latin, George. And I thought, if they can learn Latin, they can understand <laughs> concepts about money. It made no sense to me not to do it. And so I was graciously accepted into a classroom and graciously accepted by teachers who taught me how to talk to kids. And from there, we moved on and built a curriculum and tools and we work with parents and teachers and we provide them with a script, the steps, the words that they need to say, do, and follow to introduce this financial education, this money education to their children at a very young age. 
I think that that is an incredible story right there. Spent 20 years wringing your hands and pulling your hair out, trying to get grown-ups to do something that they maybe don't well, want to do. <laughs> right. And, and I will tell you a sidebar story. So originally, after I left corporate America in my 18th year, I, <laughs> I had seen so many women have to learn about money at a point of crisis in their life. Mm that I did not want my own two daughters to go through that. I thought, this is unnecessary. So my original thought was that I would teach prostitutes how to manage money so they could get out of the business sooner. Wow. But I thought about that, and I thought and thought, I didn't know any prostitutes, but <laughs> I did know first graders. Right. <laughs> and, and so that's how I ended up in a first grade classroom. I don't usually bring that up too often because it makes parents a little edgy, but sure. originally I was looking for my vulnerable population and there it was. Prostitutes were vulnerable, but so are our youngest children. Vulnerable because they're not getting the education, the jumpstart, the foundation that they need um, early enough. Yeah, well, that certainly all makes sense. So now, obviously you're, you're um, one of your kids was of that age so now it, since since the light bulb kind of went on i'm sure that that you've done tons of research and, and 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 looked at a lot of the research what is 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 there a right age where this should be introduced early pre-kindergarten that's the right age and why do i say that uh in 2013 cambridge university came to us and said money habits are set by age seven. Huh. We, all, we all know the marshmallow study, yeah, sure, right? Sure. We understand the kids who could understand how to delay gratification. They were more positive, self-motivating. They were persistent. They had higher SAT scores, better marriages, higher incomes, better health. The kids who didn't know how to delay gratification, we understand the opposite. More troubled, stubborn, indecisive, less confident, lower income, bad health. Then in 2011, there was another study that was done of 1,000 children from birth to age 32. And they concluded that self-mastery, self-mastery, so the ability to delay gratification, to be able to self-master their own emotions and reactions was the key to success in adult life. So what do you do when you teach a child that there are four choices for money, save, spend, donate, and invest? What do you do then when you add, set a goal for the money that you save, spend, donate, and invest? You're teaching them to stop, think, reflect. And as they do those three things, they learn and practice the skill of delayed gratification, which we saw was a critical life skill to master in the study of children um, that was published, it was the key to health, wealth, and success in 2011, and then, of course, that traditional marshmallow study. But hearing Cambridge come out and tell us that money habits are set by age seven, do we need any more? Well, I have more. I have 10, 12, 13 years of research that has concluded for us that um, and this is a control study that we just recently published, that we are now able to provide statistical evidence that just eight weeks 
of our Money Savvy curriculum, just eight touch points for 45 minutes a week, makes a statistically significant positive impact on a child's understanding of saving, spending, and investing. Now, this is a control study that we just completed in 2019, but we have a decade plus of research that confirmed the exact conclusion I just gave you. But we were told a control study is the gold standard, and so a control study it was. So, all of that being said, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you start this? Well, I'll give you a hint. Parents, they have a lot to do, especially during these days, and they have a lot of education, critical life skills that they have to teach their children. And parents, more often than not, think they have more than enough time to teach their kids about money. But they don't have time. First of all, I've just proven the most impactful years are the years when they're young, they're listening, and they think we're brilliant. <laughs> when they become teenagers, appropriately so, right? They're developing. We're not so brilliant. But that is when financial educators enter the market and say, okay, now we're going to teach you about money. So parents are our first challenge, our first strong challenge. What are you going to teach my kids about money that I shouldn't, that I should be teaching them? So there's a distrust. And then there's a desire not to take away the innocence of a child by teaching them about money. When in fact, what you do is you empower a child when you teach them about money and choice. So our parents become a challenge. And they also become a challenge because they're uncomfortable about what they don't know about money. So what we've noticed over the last 20 years, George, is that our very basic curriculum, when it gets into the classroom, when it gets into sunny Sunday school, when it gets into community workshops, is that parents show up, bring their children, and stay. Because there's questions that get answered that they have, but they are too ashamed to admit they don't know the answers to. So in addition to starting young, because that's the very best time to seed the education. Now I'm telling you we have this second population that because children are so young, the parents are with them, we're teaching a second population at the same time. And then let me tell you about the third population we get, grandparents. When children are young, grandparents are very engaged, and many tell me they would like to do a better job around money with their grandchildren than they did with their children. So I think you can see what an enormous opportunity there is to begin teaching children at a young age about the choices they have for money, how to set goals for those choices, experience the ability to stop, think, and reflect, and delay gratification. Well, that's a lot of powerful stuff right there. those those studies that you referenced, um, if, if you've not mm-hmm. seen the marshmallow test, you can just Google the marshmallow test on YouTube and it'll come up. But the idea yep. that that delaying gratification leads to so many or, or rather is the the indicator as to whether or not somebody's going to be successful in so many areas. I mean, that alone to to 
to me, makes me want to, to do exactly what you're saying. Well, the, any parent, any parent once told, do this and your child will have better life outcomes is going to be all over it. Yeah. As parents, right, we, we want to make sure our children are as um, happy and successful as they can possibly be. And so one of the skills that we need to start adding to their toolbox is financial education. And so many parents will nod in agreement when you're talking to middle school parents, parents of middle school children or parents of high school children. But that is, in effect, too late. And I say that with hesitation because I wouldn't want a parent listening to this to say, oh, well, throw their hands and say, I've, I've blown it. I missed my opportunity. Right. No. What I'm saying is it's just harder now because now there's more noise in your child's life. There's more um, distraction. There's more um, peer pressure and education. There's more attention to marketing education. I, I often use um, Shopping Barbie when I talk to parents. And I show them Shopping Barbie, and I show them this minuscule, fully branded credit card that Shopping Barbie has in Ugh. her hand. Ugh. And I pull it, haha, <laughs> and I pull it through Shopping Barbie's um, cash register. And each time I do it, it says, credit approved, credit <laughs> approved. <Yeah. laughs> That's awful. So... Right. So parents who say to me, oh, can't we wait? Do we really have to do this with our children when they're so young? Don't we have time? No, you don't. Because marketers understand that it won't take much. And if they start pretty young, your child will get this message over and over and will have brand loyalty to them. That's why it's a fully branded credit card, George in the hands of Shopping Barbie. And I mean, the credit card is so small, so parents can't really see it, but kids do. Kids do. It's there. <laughs> and Barbie right? has an unlimited credit line. You oh. know, I used to have a lot of trouble with her figure, but I have more trouble right. with her right. <laughs> financial skills. Yeah, that's a good point right there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's really so funny. I had no I, idea. Um, now I'm going to I'm going to acknowledge something, right, right at this point, in the conversation. One of the challenges, aside from our own uh, parents' insecurities over what they don't know and how they're going to talk to their kids about it, and feeling overwhelmed by everything they have to do to begin with, is understanding how to talk to a child about an abstract concept. There's nothing more abstract than the concept of save to a pre-kindergartner. And children do not understand, embrace, fully get abstract concepts until sometimes their early 20s. <laughs> the brain just doesn't develop to support that ease of understanding abstract concepts. So to talk to very young children about money you have to make it concrete. So that means we have to pull out pennies, nickels, dimes. We have to pull out currency. 
we have to use banks. One of the reasons we invented the Money Savvy Pig was because I was in a classroom trying to get first graders to remember four choices. And I couldn't do it until I actually put four cups in front of them. And I tied them together and I labeled them save, spend, donate, invest. And of course, I couldn't manufacture millions and millions of four cups. So what I did is <laughs> I went to bed one night. And I had a dream. Um, and the dream was this piggy bank, one ear up, one ear down, four tummies, see through, save, spend, donate, and invest, four slots, four plugs. And it is the most concrete way I could think of to communicate to a child every time they approached a very traditional icon, like a piggy bank, to stop, think, where do I want to put this dime or quarter I just got from Nana? And why? What kind of goal am I setting for these choices? So understanding that you need to make all of your messages and all of your communication concrete in the early years will help you get the message across. Now, nobody knows how to do this better, better than teachers, by the way, which is why we spend a great deal of our time in schools. And I have to tell you, my favorite people in the world are pre-kindergarten teachers. I have seen extraordinary creativity. Once these teachers are handed a script, once they're told this is what you need to say, because, you know, our teachers are predominantly female and very insecure about what they don't know about money, and they don't want to teach their students anything they're not confident about. So by giving them a script, we make them confident and then they interpret for us, and they set up elaborate, concrete scenarios where you have a little pre-kindergartner dressed up in a suit and a tie as the banker. And then we have it, transacting, making transactions. Um, we have, of course, the traditional grocery store that pre-kindergartners uh, teachers set up. We send children home with a puppet version of the Money Savvy Pig. They take it home and they introduce the Money Savvy Pig to their world, and we have pictures and letters for parents when their child goes into their room with this four-choice piggy bank puppet and starts to read to the puppet, the Bernstein Bears get the gimmies. They made a connection. They understood. We didn't tell them to go home and read the Bernstein Bears. They were making connections in the pre-kindergarten level. Now, they're not reading the book, right? They're reading it by picture. Sure. But nonetheless, it's an experience. And the other thing the Cambridge study taught us is experiences are more important than lectures. So, so much of what we do in our approach to teaching children is about experiences. So... Uh, in the beginning, I took 63 second graders to the McDonald's shareholder meeting, and it was it was 63 second graders and about 2,000 people over 90, George. Nice. And we <laughs> we, <laughs> we walked in. Um, I had done some work in the classroom with the kids comparing Burger King to McDonald's because that, those were mm. the two fast food places in our town. Sure. And we'd taken a look at the company. And uh, we went to the shareholder meeting, and the kids, uh, I pulled them out. Oh, the message that McDonald's gave them was all in commercial, so it was highly visual. So that's a very concrete way of talking about the company that kids were used to. And then 
um, we took them out before the animal rights activists. And as they were walking out the door, they got a bag of Happy Meal toys. And one of the students pulled out Snoopy with a sombrero. And he said, <laughs> Mrs. Beecham, why does Snoopy have a sombrero? And that led to an entire conversation about how global McDonald's is. It's not just your backyard. We went back to the classroom. I had each child pre-formatted write a thank you note to the CEO of McDonald's. And there were, you know, what I enjoyed most. And most of the kids liked the yogurt parfaits, by the way. Sure, sure. And uh, the thank you uh, was adorable. But then what I learned is that, and this was um, a young gal, Maria, she's, and most of them along the same line said this. What I learned is that if the company makes money, I do too. <laughs> Being a shareholder of McDonald's means that if the company makes money, I do too. Okay, that was second grade, George. Nice. Second grade. So if we do things through experiences, if we do things concretely, if we're highly visual with our children, we will cure the problem that we're experiencing today. We will not have a generation of people who have a paycheck, and then when that paycheck doesn't come, they have no money for rent or utilities. That will not happen. We will get rid of that social ill if we, in fact, start younger. That's all we have to do. That's the magic. I think that that is a powerful case that you just made, and I am in. I, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am in. I, I, I think that everything you just said makes perfect sense to me. So I I could add a million things, but I think that, 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 that you said it incredibly eloquently. So, so Susan, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Start young. It's never too young. And if your child isn't young, just start. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Susan, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on. I enjoyed talking to you so much. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you, and where can they get some of these piggy banks? Well, you can go online to our website, which is moneysavvy, all one word, S-A-V-V-Y dot com. You can also go to Susan Beecham, B-E-A-C-H-A-M, SusanBeecham.com, and that's where I pontificate in my blog about what I think everybody should hear when it comes to teaching very young children about money. And I'd love to hear from your listeners as to what they think, because that's what makes it an active, inner, uh, viable conversation when people do respond. Perfect. So go to moneysavvy.com or to susanbeecham.com, and you'll be able to not only find our tools like our Money Savvy Pig, but also just some wonderful uh, under-resources. We're in the process of uh, giving people some free resources right now as children are at home and uh, homeschooling. We encourage you to use these free resources and introduce this topic to your youngest. I love it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Susan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to moneysavvy.com. That's M-O-N-E-Y-S-A-V-V-Y.com or susanbeecham.com, S-U-S-A-N. 
B-E-A-C-H-A-M.com. I'll list those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Susan. It was wonderful to talk to you, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.